remember your goodness, Lord. I'm in awe of you. When I think of your kindness, Lord, I'm in awe of you. And as your glory surrounds me, oh, my heart is overwhelmed by you. As your Spirit, tonight we recognize that you are the great teacher. And I thank you that we have the anointing of God that abides within us. And that anointing teaches us all things. That anointing is truth and no lie. Even as it hath taught us, we shall abide in him. So we thank you for that anointing tonight to teach, instruct, and bring understanding in Jesus' name, amen.
got it. I'm on. Am I good? All right. All right. Well, I guess Dad already took care of the prank, so is that better? Okay. Dad took care of the prank, so we'll just jump right into it. Uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time reviewing. If you haven't listened to the first two parts on Spirit and Soul, I'd recommend go back and listen. Um, they should be up on the Harvest Church website. But real quick, we'll review um, just shortly. Um, we know we are spirit beings. We have a soul and we live in a physical body. As spirit beings, when we become born again, our spirits are born and made alive in Christ. You are a new creation in Christ. Old, old things have passed away and all things have become new. We've talked about the three parts of your spirit. One, our intuition. It's the voice of your spirit. You can know things without having to intellectually think them out. And it's the voice in your gut that tells you when something is good or evil. You can know uh, the presence of someone or if it's good or if it's bad or whatever. Okay, number two is your communion. That's fellowship with the Father and Jesus. Your spirit is the center of communion with God, not your brain, right? We talked about how you can't intellectually know God through your mind. You have to know him through your spirit. Um, I, I, I thought of this tonight. Even atheists, even ph- philanthropists, philop- whatever you want to call them. I can't think. Philosophers, there you go. They can read the Bible. They can know the word, but that doesn't mean they truly know God, right? So we have to know him by the spirit. Okay, the third part is our conscience. That's the inner witness to the word. It's the inner knowledge of right and wrong. It can give you direction, determine a right course or a wrong course, or if you're in the will of God or not. The biggest thing with our spirits is we need to know that we should daily strive to be ruled by our spirits and that they should be kings of our lives. Okay, we can't be ruled by our mind or our will and emotions. We have to be ruled by our spirits, be led by the spirit of God. Okay, our soul, last week we talked about our soul. When we become born again, our souls are saved, but there is still that inner conflict within us uh, between our soul and our spirit, right? They kind of want to butt heads. Our soul wants to dominate our spirit, but as born-again believers, we need to make our souls um, our spirit servants. So if our spirits are kings of our lives, our souls should be servants to our spirits, and then tonight we're talking about our bodies. Our bodies are our, are our slaves. Okay, our soul is made up of three parts. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. Our mind is our thought center. So as believers, we need to have a mind subject to the spirit and word of God. We need to know we're called to have the mind of Christ. Um, we talked about last week how the mind of Christ is a mind that is strong. It's victorious. It does not know fear, and it is pure. So every day, remind yourself that you have the mind of Christ and that you've been called to have the mind of Christ. If you struggle with anxiety, you struggle with fear, depression, any of these things, remind yourself you have the mind of Christ, you have a strong mind, you have a victorious mind, and you have a pure mind. Okay, we need to know Satan tries to attack our minds, uh, especially in this day and age. We talked about last week how adamant he is to try and get into our head and our thoughts the sooner we're aware of these attacks from satan the sooner we can stand against them and this is why it's so important that we remind or we uh, renew our minds to the word of god and the more we do that the more we will have the necessary weapons available to be able to stop him to stand against him okay Second part of our souls are emotions. Emotion is beautiful when it's tied to our born-again nature, but if it's not 
anger, hate, fear, jealousy, these things will rise up within us and can be dangerous to ourselves, to our families, and to other people around us. Our emotions must be ruled by our spirits. As the church, we can't afford to make decisions based off of our emotions. We must learn to control them. It's important to not let your emotions and heart get hardened. You can't be what God wants you to be with a hardened heart, and you can't reach people without compassion. So we talked about not getting a rebellious heart, a hardened heart that's um, hard towards people, hard towards God's will, and things like that. So we have to continually keep our hearts softened. Okay, the third part of our soul is our will. It's the area of decision. It's important we don't get stubborn, self-centered wills. If our wills are self-centered and rebellious towards the things of God, it can hurt you, your family, your business, and your church. So we need to strictly be focused on God's will in every area. I talked about how every single day, pray, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Your will be done with my myself personally, my family, my church, my community, and nation. Our will should be subservient to God's. His will might not always naturally look good or sound the best to us, right? Typically, when God calls us to do something, we kind of want to wrinkle our nose and and don't want to do it. But His will is always perfect and good, and all things work together for those who love God. So we know everything will work out right if it's His will. So strive to focus on God's will. Okay, now let's move on to the body. Hopefully tonight I don't ruffle too many feathers. I'll hide behind my podium if anybody has rocks they want to throw at me. I'll try to be kind of nice, though. So we don't have a whole lot of time to get into all the depths of the body. You could go on and on, just like you do with spirit and soul. But there are some important truths I want to look at. Lester Summerall said in his book on the body, For 6,000 years of human history, one of man's greatest greatest astonishments has been the human body. Almost daily science discovers something new about the amazing operations of the human body. This is because the human body was created by the Most High God. Again, if you struggle with self-image, you struggle with any of these things, remind yourself that your body was made by the Most High God. It forever remains the most mysterious of all creations. Man must not forget that his physical body is important. God designed the outer contours of your body. He gave you the five different senses that are housed together in, in the house called the body. The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and that includes your body. That's not just your spirit and soul. That includes your body. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I feel like it's very easy for Christians. You know, we spend so much time on spirit, our spirit, which is good. Our spirits, like we've talked about, should be our kings, but... You know, we get so wrapped up in spirit and soul, we kind of just think, ah, you know, whatever, the body isn't that big of a deal, you know. But um, if the Bible tells you your bodies are the temple of God and that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives in you, that means your body is important to God. And if it's important to God, it should be important to us. So in review again, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, we've gone over this the last two times, says, Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe this is, I'm not saying this out of arrogance, but this is a message that God has given us for this season. Nate was talking to me uh, last week about, you know, how important this 
understanding a spirit, soul, and body is, and I really think we need to get this scripture within us that we become complete, sanctified, purified in our whole total being, right? He doesn't just say, just your spirit and soul be made complete. Um, Just your spirit, just your soul, or just your spirit and soul. It says spirit, soul, and body. Your body is included in that, and we should strive to make our bodies, our whole being, uh, consecrated and sanctified. When the human body is consecrated and dedicated to the Lord and is a slave to our spirits, just like our minds, it's capable of amazing things. But if it's ruled by its lusts and own desires, it can be very destructive. From the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, the human body and its lusts have created sorrow and pain for man. From King David caving into lust and having an affair with Bathsheba, to the uncontrolled body of Samson, and the wise king Solomon letting his thousand wives and concubines take his heart away from God. Living by his sinful flesh almost destroyed his eternal destiny. So if our bodies are not ruled by our spirit, they can destroy us. In this day and age, we know we must know the importance that our the, we must know the importance of the fact our bodies are the temple of God. I'm going to continue to talk about this tonight and say that and repeat it. Our bodies are the temple of God. First Corinthians three sixteen says, "Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you?" Verse seventeen says, "The temple of God is holy, which temple you are." 2 Corinthians 6.16 says, In what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. These scriptures, these are scriptures that I tell myself a lot of times. And they're scriptures that I just, I can't almost even comprehend because they're so powerful. The fact that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that worked through Jesus, worked through Paul, Peter, and John to walk in miracles, to cast out demons, to heal the sick, that's the same spirit that lives in you and me that our body is the temple of. I believe that if we daily renewed our minds to this truth that we are the temple of the Spirit of God, I bet we would live holier lives we'd be stronger at coming against the desires of our flesh and bringing them into subjection of our spirit. And I bet we would treat our bodies better than we do. Satan is constantly trying to destroy us through our souls and body. We talked about how Satan is constantly attacking the minds of the people. Last week I talked to and gave all the different um, statistics on mental illnesses and how he's trying to destroy the minds of people. And the souls of people, he's also trying to destroy our bodies. If he can destroy our bodies, he's destroying a temple of God. That's exactly what he wants to do because he hates us. He hates God. The Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants to destroy our bodies. God makes man responsible for his own body. So it's vital that we daily make it a slave to our spirit. I know I've said that over and over, but it's important. And it's vital that we put good things into it and take care of it. I'm going to get more into that here in just a minute. I'm kind of jumping around. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.27, But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should cast away. So last week we talked about regarding the soul, how David in the Psalms 
was commanding his soul, was controlling his soul, and bringing it into subjection of his spirit, just like this, uh, Paul is talking about his body and bringing it into subjection of our, his body. So when the, the fleshly desires, the lusts of the flesh, all these things try and come into us, try to tempt us, we need to bring those into subjection. Just like the Bible says, <clears throat> to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, we need to do the same with our body and bring it into subjection. Paul says that I die daily. That means he's daily crucifying his flesh, his fleshly desires. So we must die daily to our flesh and make it a living sacrifice to God. The Bible says there are three enemies of the body. The first one is the world. The second enemy of the body is the flesh. And the third is the devil. 1 John 2, verses 15 through 17. I'm sure many of you know this scripture. Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So we know the lust of the flesh, we know the lust of the eyes. These are all things that are enemies to the body. And the more we cave into those lusts, the more that we are giving ground to the devil. But we should strive every day to do the will of God, okay? So the world is an enemy of the body. The flesh is also the enemy of the body. Again, in Galatians 5, it states all the works of the flesh. So if you want to turn to Galatians 5, go ahead. We'll read, uh, start in verse 16. If I can find it here. Verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. The works of the flesh are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, Envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So all these different things are the work of our flesh. The works of our flesh are part of our own, our old sin nature, right? That part that died off when we became born again, but it's still that part of us that is constantly con- conflicting against our spirit. When the flesh and these fleshly desires yield to the dis- these distractions, it cannot please the God who created it. <clears throat> so the more we give in to these sinful fleshly desires and lusts, <clears throat> the more we give ground to the devil, just like I talked about. So we need to daily try to crucify the flesh in everything we do, okay? And walk in self-control. The devil is an enemy of the body. He wants to take the movements of the body and distort them. The devil desires lust to leer from the human eye. He wants man to scream with with his voice in hate and violence. We think about the last few years, 
in 2020 and 2021, all of the different riots and all the division and people screaming and, you know, committing all of this violence, violent acts against each other from, you know, school shooters, the terrorist attacks, all these different things is exactly what Satan wants people to do with their bodies. He wants men and women to hear the obscene and demonic. I think about, you know, especially around Halloween time, every other commercial you see is an advertisement for some horrible demonic movie that is on TV and little children that are two, three years old are seeing this and it's constantly coming into them in their lives and it's influencing them. An example of this is, I heard that. Growing up in high school and college, I used to listen to a lot of worldly rap music. I had friends that would listen to it, and so then obviously I'm influenced, and I listen to it, and I want to listen to it to pump me up at the gym and all this different stuff. Um, But I can tell you for a fact that kind of music is absolutely terrible, and it's just so much of it is demonic, it's violent, and it's, you know, that's exactly the kind of stuff that Satan wants to come into your ears and come into your mind. And, you know, I'd lie to myself. I'd say, oh, this doesn't, isn't going to influence me. This isn't, I'm not going to live this lifestyle just because I'm listening to it. But that's not true because the more you allow that worldly kind of stuff into your ears, into your mind, it might not affect you overnight, but over time it's eventually going to affect you, Right. And that's not just regarding rap music or whatever, but anything you listen to and take into your ears and into your mind that's of the world and not of God. So in 2020, I just altogether stopped listening to that. And I can tell you for a fact, it's one of the best things I've ever done because I, I, I just stopped allowing some of that evil stuff into my ears. <clears throat> he wants to deceive, Satan wants to deceive little boys that they are girls. Look at what's happening all the time. People can't be satisfied with who they are and who God created them to be. He wants girls that to think that they're boys or want them to become boys. And he wants to convince people that they're not worth anything. So they'll hurt themselves and hurt others. Last week we talked about the second leading cause of death for kids 10 to 14 is suicide. Kids ages 10 to 14 are committing suicide that often. And that's just absolutely terrible to think. But Satan wants them to think they're not worth anything so that they'll hurt themselves or they'll hurt other people around them. Satan also wants to destroy the body with sickness and disease, from cancer to Alzheimer's to viruses and every other disease under the sun. We know these are all attacks of Satan. Again, I said earlier, the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy Thankfully, this is a church with people we know the power and authority God has given us over sickness and disease, and that healing is ours. But it's important to know that sickness and disease are attacks from the devil so we can know how to come against them. This is where I might ruffle some feathers, so I'll hide behind here. Obviously, sickness and disease is caused from all kinds of different things, but... I really believe this is why it's so important to take care of your body and to put good things into it, okay? Do you know how many diseases are caused from poor nutrition? Heart disease alone causes, heart disease alone caused from poor eating and unhealthy lifestyles kills approximately over 600,000 people a year. 
600,000 people a year, that's not just, that's just heart disease alone. We're not talking about cancer and all these other diseases that are ultimately probably caused from the things we're putting in our bodies. Um, I gave a, a speech in college. It was probably the best speech I ever gave. I got like an A-plus on it, 100%, on the importance of good nutrition. And I did a lot of research into the importance of nu good nutrition. And food and what you put into your body really affects your body. And this is the part we don't really think of as Christians, but it's important that we take care of our bodies because, again, our body is the temple of God, right? Um, so I think we need to really strive as believers, as the church, to put good things into our body, start eating healthier. I mean, if the FDA and the government tells you something's good for you, it's probably not good for you. Uh, if you ever want to, you know, know if it's good for you or not, just look at the ingredient list. And if it's artificial or man-made or has a word that's so long you can't pronounce it, it's probably not good for you. It probably shouldn't be put in your body. If it was cre I just heard a video the other day. It said, this guy talking about it, and he's like, if it was created after the year 1900, it's probably not good for you. It's probably man-made. It doesn't derive from the earth. So, you know, eat fruits, eat vegetables, eat good lean protein, meats. Meats are good for you despite what, you know, the media tells you to go plant-based. They want you to eat plant-based because they don't want you to be strong and healthy, right? They want you weak. So eat meat, eat vegetables, fruits, whole grains. Carbs aren't the enemy, right? But good, natural carbs, yeah, not donuts. Once in a while, donuts are okay, all right? I'm as guilty as everyone. I love, you know, my good junk food chips and chocolate chip cookies are my weakness, but I can tell you for a fact that, you know, I might look skinny, but I don't always eat like I'm skinny. So I'm as guilty as everyone, but it's important that we start eating healthy and taking care of our body, put good things into your body, uh, something else I find interesting is that it seems like a lot of Christians get really religious when it comes to this. You know, <clears throat> you hear people and Christians crying and freaking out over someone drinking a beer, and now I'm not condoning alcohol consumption, but you, you hear them freaking out about someone who wants to drink a beer with dinner, but then they're drinking 10, ten Diet Dr. Peppers a day, or 10 Diet Cokes, or 10 Diet Pepsis. I can tell you for a fact, them Diet Dr. Peppers and Pepsis. I'm sorry, Brad. I know Brad's... I'm, oh, shout out to Brad. He's been doing awesome. I can attest to that. But, you know, those 10 Diet Dr. Peppers are going to be 10 times worse for you than one beer. I also hear... This is for Caleb. I know Caleb would be proud of this. But uh, I recently heard a minister coming against tattoos and freaking out about people having tattoos on their body. And I understood his point. It was... You know, he's talking about not conforming to the world and trying to look like the world. I, I completely agree with that, that we shouldn't just try to look like the world. But then at the same time, this minister, I should probably talk quietly, Brad, talk, turn off the recording. Uh, this minister also had people in his family that were very, I'll just say it nicely, unhealthy physically. Uh, so we shouldn't, as Christians, judge other people for something um, when we're struggling with our own personal things. You know, uh, if, don't judge someone for having a tattoo if you're unhealthy yourself, but just in a different way, okay? Yep. <clears throat> okay, so I know when it comes to sickness and disease, we have power and authority over it, but God also gave you a brain, a 
brain to know what's good for you and what's bad for you, okay? So let's start trying hard as believers to eat healthy, to put good things into us because our bodies are important. They are the temples of God. If we want to be prepared for the days ahead, for revival and the harvest, we need our bodies to be healthy and whole. Now, it's said the church will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Let that sink in. Think about that. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have two services right now, and some of us think we're dying because we are so tired. Think about the church being open every single day for 24 hours a day, right? What kind of a toll will that take on your mind and on your body? So if we want to be prepared for that, then we need to be healthy and whole. Um, And that's my idea of revival. I have a high expectation for revival. Revival isn't a couple people coming into the church every once in a while and getting saved. I want the church doors open 24 hours a day. I want a line out the door. I want a line of vehicles down the street. And I think that's the kind of expectation we should have for revival. But, again, we're going to need to be used in these days. If the church is open 24 hours a day, we're going to need people serving. We're going to need people, you know, helping others and doing all these things. So if our bodies are not capable of taking on that stress, we need to start preparing now so that we can be healthy and whole and ready for it. You know, I believe in that instance, in that case, if that's true, the doors of the church will be open 24 hours a day. I believe a lot of it will be God's grace giving us the capability to do it. But we shouldn't abuse God's grace. So why not start preparing now? Okay. Off my rant. Go ahead and look at Romans chapter 12. Chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good an acceptable and perfect will of God. So I really want you to look at verse 1, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. So every single day, we should present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Um, when it comes to your own fleshly desires, when it comes to the things that you want, you know, act as a living sacrifice to God. Jesus' first attacks from Satan came against his body. Satan said, make this stone bread. Satan recognized that Christ had the power to do so. But the spirit of Christ controlled his body. By the use of the word of God, Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone. When Jesus said this, it destroyed Satan's attack against the body. So when Satan tries to tempt you with fleshly desires, with the lust of the flesh and the things of the world, you have to rely on God and his word for help. Even Jesus relied on the word to defeat temptation. If you try to defeat it in your own strength, you will fail. Christ at all times taught against self-gratification. Some people only live to gratify the desires of the the human body and of the flesh. So this is where we talked about the scripture on 
living sacrifice. We should be a living sacrifice to God. It shouldn't always be about what we want and about our desires. <clears throat> we should be a living sacrifice. Jesus refused to do this, and if we want to become more like Jesus, we need to refuse to do it as well. The body we live in is not ours. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, What do you not know? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Lester Summerall said, It's a tremendous fallacy to declare your your body is yours to misuse as you wish. Our bodies are are our worship center temple where God is worshipped and should be treated as such. We are purchased with Christ's own blood and we're commanded to glorify glorify God in this fleshly body. 2 Corinthians 4.11 says, for which, we live, for which we live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So we try to get Jesus into our spirits and our solical emotions that we might manifest Christ. But the word says our mortal flesh is supposed to manifest Christ as well. This includes your mouth, your ears, your eyes, your tongue, your hands, your feet. So I want you to think about what are you, how are you talking? Mike Keyes talked about on, talked and taught on your words. And Scott talked on your words and how important your words are and what you're speaking and saying. Are you swearing? Are you cussing all the time? Are you complaining? Are you speaking idle words and filthy, terrible things? Or are you speaking good things, pure things, the Word of God? Um, What are you listening to, right? There's all kinds of trash that you can listen to on TV, on social media, music, like I talked about. What are your eyes looking at every day on TV, on social media? Does it manifest darkness and corruption, or does it manifest Christ? Man must either obey God or the devil with his human body. The human body can be in the image and likeness of God or the image and likeness of Satan. So we should all decide to make our bodies and try and get our bodies to become more like Jesus and less like our personal selves, right? So they should be in the image and likeness of God. So wrapping up, our bodies should be made a living sacrifice, and I believe that as we prepare for the days ahead, we need to make our whole spirit, soul, and body prepared, consecrated, sanctified for God and for what is coming with the harvest and with revival. Um, Know that you are the temple of God, that you are the temple of the Spirit of God, and take good things into your body. Um, Don't cave into your fleshly desires and make your body subject Bring your body into subjection to your spirit. Okay, Our spirit should rule our souls and our bodies every single day so that we can become more like Jesus and less like ourselves. Okay, so let's pray here. I think I kept it a little shorter than I did last week, so you should be happy. Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for this message that you've given us in this season, Father, regarding the spirit, the soul, and the body. I pray, Lord, for the open hearts and the minds of the people to receive this word, this teaching regarding the spirit, soul, and body. I thank you, Lord, that you would help us daily to be ruled by our spirits and not our 
not our emotions, not our soul, not our own personal will or our fleshly desires, but Lord, we are ruled by your Spirit and we walk in the Spirit and are led by the Spirit of God every single day. I thank you, Father, that you would continue to prepare us for the days ahead, for harvest and for the harvest and for revival, for your outpouring of your Spirit and for your return, Father. We desire to be consecrated and sanctified for you in every part of our whole being. So, Lord, we desire that you would consecrate us, sanctify us, purify us, our, our mind, our eyes, our body, Father, our spirit. We thank you for all that you are doing. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving upon us, leading us, and guide us, guiding us every single day. We give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I always like this scripture, and you've heard me talk about it, and he talked about it in Romans 12. It says, you present your bodies. Who's you? Your spirit. The spirit man on the inside has to take charge of the physical temple. Amen? There's nothing wrong with donuts. Just eat them in moderation. (laughs) Self-control. You know, I used to eat one every day. Now I just eat two a day. No. Once a week at least. Amen. Well, that was excellent. Are you done now? You want to keep going? Oh, next week will be on praying in tongues. Okay, praying in tongues. So don't miss that. Amen. Anything else? Okay. God bless you. Thank you, folks.